Hello and welcome to Equine Voices Podcast. My name is Ronnie, an intuitive equine communicator. I hope you enjoy this episode and thank you for listening. Good evening. My name is Ronnie from Equine Voices and welcome to tonight's interview. We have a lovely, lovely lady that's coming on for a chat. Her name is Sam Fielding. She is a doctor of acupuncture and Chinese medicine. She does a lot, lot more than that, but that's part of her title. I'll bring Sam in. She can introduce herself and just say a little bit about who she is and what she does. And then we'll just see where the conversation takes us. This is going to be an interesting, eye-opening chat this evening. So I'll just bring her in now. Hi, Sam. Hello. I just remembered that it is evening for you. It's afternoon for you here. It is 7.30 here in the UK. It's getting dark as well. Yes. Would you like to explain to people that don't know you? I came across you on Warwick Schiller's podcast, so that's how I came across you. I wasn't aware of you before, and you kindly agreed to come on and have an informal chat and tell us a little bit more about yourself. So off you go, the floor's yours. Yeah, so I am a doctor of acupuncture and Chinese medicine for people, for humans, because people often think I do it on the horses. But I've been a lifelong rider, horse lover, Grew up in Maryland and actually honestly thought that I would go into the horse world as a professional. I wanted to ride professionally, but my family (laughs) did not support that in any way, shape or form. And as life will do, my path kind of meandered and wandered a bit. I took a very long break from horses and ended up moving out into the western part of the U.S. where I was in the mountains and realized that I wasn't going to ride the way I rode in the East Coast of the U.S. growing up and kind of fell in love with skiing. And that took me on this completely unexpected journey. I skied professionally, was a ski patroller. But all the way through my experiences, there was always the thread of the horses and where the horses has always taken me, which is actually interesting because I came to acupuncture from one of the racehorse trainers that I worked for growing up. I had injured my shoulder and he said, I'll go see my acupuncturist. And at the time, it was so far outside my realm of thinking, of things to utilize. I came from a family of Western physicians, so acupuncture didn't seem like a legitimate thing for me to to use. But I thought, well, if, if Billy uses it, I'll give it a shot. As it does when things work, I just kind of kept coming back to it. It helped the shoulder. I found that it was helping with other things. And so the seed was planted in my mind. And many, many years later, when I realized I could not ski professionally for the rest of my life, my body was saying, hey, you got to do something else. I did what I thought I was always meant to do. And that was go into medicine, like my family, to go and be a physician. But In the process of interviewing for medical schools, I realized I knew all along that that wasn't my path. I mean, I took a 13-year break before I even considered applying. And I remember at one point saying, if I get into acupuncture school, I'll go there. Because when I thought about it, I don't go to the Western Doc. So I said, well, this doesn't feel right. I remember actually sitting in an interview, looking at everybody else that was interviewing for this medical school. and. It was so clear to me. It said, I don't belong here. These are not my people. And that 
one thought that was really clear in my mind to just go and do acupuncture. That's what you use. Led me on this wild and unexpected journey. But I've always, always, I think, even as a kid, as a rider, had a fascination with energy. So it was a very natural fit for me to end up in acupuncture because a lot of what we talk about and work with as acupuncturists is energy in the body. And it's morphed quite a bit where through my practice with my patients, I realized I really wanted to help them heal. But I felt like I wasn't helping them heal as well as they could with acupuncture alone. And after thinking, well, what is it that I want to be able to do for these people? I realized I have to help them change their patterns, change the behaviors, change some of the lifestyle factors that they're unknowingly or unable to change that are leading them to come to me for help. And if I can help them change that, then maybe I can really help them heal. Because I felt like a glorified band-aid. I mean, it worked, but I really knew these people could be doing a lot better, which led me to explore the mind and hypnosis. And the universe has a, quite a sense of humor, I feel, because in my first fascination had nothing to do with the mind. It was strictly the physical body. I'm a lifelong athlete. I wanted to just work with athletes. And even as an intern, I will never forget this day. I literally asked another intern, do you want to trade patients? <laughs> I have this patient that has depression. I, I don't know what to do with this. What do you have? And she had a shoulder injury. I said, I'll trade. I can fix the shoulder injury. I don't know what to do with this. And as life will do, I got my own personal experience of the effects of depression after I had my first kid. I understood in a way that you can't understand without the experience, your own personal experience of it. And it led me on a path where I realized, oh, that that kind of dismissive attitude you had about the mind and mental health, how ironic that now that's your primary means of work. That's what, as a practitioner, I find to be one of the most important elements of what I do. And it really helped my patients. But then... <laughs> The horses never go away. All of us know that no matter what you're doing, it's not something you grow out of. If you're a horse person, you're a horse person. And that was part of my personal healing journey was saying, you know what, I need to, I need to have horses back in my life. And it's always led me somewhere, even though I might put it down for years at a time. When I'm in a place where I don't know the answer or something feels uncertain, the horses tend to just pop back into my life to kind of guide me and steer me in the direction that I should be going. And now the work I do is specifically to help riders overcome fear, deal with performance, and really understanding how can they utilize their minds to affect their energy and their relationship with their horses. So that's what led me to the conversation with Warwick. I realized a lot of what I do, like Warwick is so extremely gifted at what he does. I listen to him and I think, well, that's great, Warwick, but there's people that don't know how to do what you're telling them. <laughs> you know, for him, it's so natural to connect to the horses. But I know from patients, I know from watching other riders that there's fundamentally a reason that people can't connect, even though they want to. And that's kind of become my my life's work is to help people understand, well, there's a reason energetically that you can't connect. And we were kind of talking about this a bit before we got on that 
the horses kind of direct us as individuals to do this work that is much larger than our hobby. It's much bigger than this love of riding and experiencing the physical art of riding. My experience of it is that they help us heal these things as individuals energetically in our hearts because that's their role in our lives. And once I really started to embrace that, the doors that opened were incredible. And I loved helping people start to bridge that gap for themselves because I think we intuitively want that. People understand that that is important, but if you can't do it energetically, it's extremely frustrating. And the thing that is really cool to see is that people can absolutely learn this. This is healing work that not only do I feel that we need, but it's it's very accessible for people. So that's been really an incredible journey that I never would have seen coming. So yeah, when you asked about speaking, I said, oh, absolutely. I love talking about this. <laughs> people can you know, start to explore these things that when I talk on these podcasts, people will say, oh, you said something that resonated that I've always known inside, but I haven't heard it articulated. So you and I share this passion to spread this and make it so it's not this, oh, it's in the back of my mind. I might be the only one thinking this. I think a lot more of us are thinking it than we're articulating. (laughs) Absolutely. That was the thing I remembered about the podcast. Don't worry. What's your dog called? What barking is moose? I think you went to see somebody and they did something with you. Have I got the right person? <laughs> that would be so funny if that's what you, Sam. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of what it was that I said with work that might have been connected to that, but I don't know. In relation to any of my own personal health issues because I do have a primary acupuncture master. Yes, I think that was it. Yeah, he was fascinating. I think what he showed me was an ability to to experience a really powerful healing that I hadn't and I still to this day I've never met a healer with his experience. Depth of understanding of the work that he kind of transmitted to me. I'm going to just let these dogs out so they stop. That's fine. Things like this happen. Don't you worry. (laughs) This is life and it doesn't matter. It's life. (laughs) We'll just give Sam a minute to sort the dogs out. All right. We're back. (laughs) Listen, when you do life interviews, that's what happens. It's no big deal. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I found him very much on a whim by accident. I was really suffering from asthma at the time. It was interesting because that was... In the very beginning of me studying acupuncture, I didn't really understand the power of alternative medicines at that point. I was still very much in the Western medicine mindset, and none of the Western medicines were helping. (laughs) So I found him, literally, I Googled him, which now looking back, it seems miraculous to me that I actually found him. Because in Boston, I mean, it's the first school of acupuncture in the U.S. So there's acupuncturists everywhere in Boston. So how I landed on him, I don't know. Long story short, I end up seeing him and with one treatment, he cured me. I never had to use another inhaler or anything. And prior to that, I couldn't breathe. Part of the time I was getting relief from the inhalers and then I would suffer until I could take the next dose. So for me, it was enormously 
mind-boggling the shift to go from that state of you know this very physical ailment i mean literally not being able to breathe to being fine and and it took me a long time to reconcile that that had actually really happened because it just seems so far outside of my realm of understanding and it took me a while to realize that i had to study with him because he was teaching a very different side of healing than what I was taught even in acupuncture school. But my experience around him was, he showed me, well, a bit of what we were talking about of really just trusting and following your path, trusting the intuition and the guidance that we all have internally to lead us to the, to the right answer. And he did it in such a way that it was it was really lighthearted. I think that for me was a really eye-opening experience to see that, oh, this is very powerful, but it doesn't have to be so heavy, so serious. He had a really good sense of humor that made me realize, well, this is the quality that I want to bring into my practice. This is the quality that I want to have in my life. And it's those things now I find that guide me more. Those little pieces where it's the quality of what I want to create and how it feels to me, I think I used to underestimate the value of that. But we all have the ability to make those decisions. But I think our beliefs will get in the way of us making those choices because it doesn't sound rational or doesn't seem like it would make sense. But that's one of the things that I think is really important as we do the healing work with our horses to realize that they're asking us to feel. I mean, to be a good rider, you have to really understand how to feel physically with your body. But there's also a very subtle level of feeling. We were talking about that, that as you go through this journey of understanding, it's not like this click, all of a sudden it makes sense and it's there and you have it. It's this very gradual process of experience and unfolding. And when you stay in that experience, with consistency, with literally in every moment that we have, you look back and go, wow, I'm dealing in a much subtler form of awareness, subtler form of response and sensitivity from just that practice of being in it. It's a lot like riding. I mean, in the beginning, everything's a little bit rough and clunky and coarse, But as you keep doing it, you realize, wow, these things that I used to have to put a lot of effort into kind of just happen now. And I think that he really showed me completely through experience. There was literally no guided instruction. (laughs) He never told me exactly what to do. It was more like be in my presence, be around me, see what it feels like. Just watch. He did tell me one thing. That stuck in my mind. I remember I had gone in and did something with a patient and I came out and was washing my hands. And he specifically said, use warm water to wash your hands. And he had never given me anything that directive, very like clear, do it this way. And I remember being like, I was so stunned. I didn't actually think to ask why. (laughs) I just remember thinking, okay, wash your hands with warm water. I think I understand why, because in Chinese medicine, like cold can really slow energy. It can really stagnate things. And 
as an acupuncturist, you need to feel, you need to have the sensitivity and the energy flowing. So if you're using cold water, you're essentially shutting down the energy in your hand. So that's what I feel it is. But no, I never got the the actual feedback from him. But that was his style. You kind of learn by osmosis. So as you were watching him and learning from that point of view, I suppose he was getting you to just watch. But when we watch, we think we just look with our eyes, but we don't. Once you start to become aware of your own senses a little bit more, you realize that with the watch, there's a feel, there's a lightness or a heaviness around yeah. you. There's lots going on, but yeah. we so focus on what we see. Yeah. And I think that happens whether you realize it or not. And that's when you start to think, oh, okay, I notice when you did that, I felt this. Mm. So maybe he was showing you that way that to watch, but you was actually feeling it as well. It may be a very Eastern way of teaching to have people experience and over time. There's no substitute for time. And I think the expectation is you do this with repetition. I do think that that was kind of his teaching style methodology. I think it's more of an Eastern style of yeah study. The expectation is you observe and learn yeah. from watching for years you know it's decades it's not we've distilled all the meat and potato of this and given you a summary where you learn this and then you integrate it they just know that's impossible so what's just coming to my mind from the movie mr miyaki (laughs) (laughs) you have no idea why you're going through the motions until you actually (laughs) utilize the skill and then it makes sense and then it makes sense (laughs) yeah so learning from him was a bit like that where it wasn't it wasn't so clearly stated, but it was something that was very obvious when you were in his presence. He had people that they would just hang out in his office. Yeah. And I didn't, at first, I didn't understand why are these people just here? They just wanted to be around him. Mm-hmm. I mean, that in and of itself was healing for a lot of those people. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you can give somebody a hug or just be in somebody's present and it's not about always talking and you feel better and then you can walk into rooms sometimes and you just feel you know it feels different so you don't hang around and you go somewhere else (laughs) yeah that really was kind of the experience of being around him but I feel like the horses do that for us as well yes yeah I mean that's why I think a lot of people are drawn to them is that you literally go into the presence of your horse and you become a different person You can shift yourself energetically that quickly. And to me, it's interesting because I think at first I wasn't noticing it as clearly until I was speaking with a friend and I was having a really kind of intense conversation about something that was happening that I was upset about. And I got to my horse and she said, are you next to Luna right now? I said, yes. Why? And she said, because you completely changed just about, you know, five seconds ago. And that was when I got to her stall. And it dawned on me, even that level of subtlety that we aren't paying attention to is it's available to us, but we don't actually think we have the ability to do that at will. (laughs) But that experience showed me, oh, you can do that if you need to on purpose. And it's something that I actually really try to help my clients understand is that not only can you, but you should. The horses help us understand is that it's not a matter of waiting for someone or waiting for the right moment for that to go away. If it's something that you need to change, you actively change it. I remember, I think it was last winter, I'd gone into the field and it was nighttime. So I had one of these little head torches on so I could see where I was going and I was doing a bit of poo picking as you do. <laughs> and 
I was calling Toots and she was right at the bottom of the field and I could just see her eyes in my light. And I was thinking, why doesn't she come up here? What's the matter with her? But it wasn't quite like that. And I was busy doing my stuff. And I'd got hay and I was putting it at the top of the field and she wouldn't come down. I was going, Toots, I'm not putting it down there. And she stayed down there. And I thought, okay. And I went down the bottom of the field and I was obviously thinking other things, but she was like, no, I'm not coming near you because you've got sparks coming off you. But at the time it was like, what's the matter with you two? And I thought, no, if she wants to stay down there, she has a choice. It's okay. So I was going down that route and I could feel myself walking up the field and I was thinking, where's this emotion coming from? Because mm. I've had quite a good day and I could feel it coming up. It's like, okay, that's what she's telling me that she knows something's there. So just get rid of it. And then I just went, Bleh. And these tears came out and I went, okay, I feel better now. And then she came up the field. So she was just telling me to offload. And I didn't really know what it was because I was fine before then. But something was obviously under the surface. Could have been a trigger or it could have just been, you know, something that just need clearing. And she was pointing that out to me. I think that when I talk to people, there's so many people and it's changing. I do think that the culture of equestrians and riders is shifting a lot. You know, the conversations that Warwick has, people love it because there's things that resonate with them that we know that we do so much with our horses that they allow us. But it's very easy because they are so patient and they're so giving and they're so present for us. We think we have the right to do these things with us. Until you meet one horse that shows you like, no, no, no. You think you're in control of this relationship, but let me remind you who holds the power here. <laughs> and they will show you that what they have been allowing us to do is a gift. And in many ways, I believe that they are here to help us. They help us heal. Just their present can facilitate that kind of transformation in us. And it's funny because growing up, one of the other reasons I did not pursue riding professionally was that as a teenager, I could see that the industry was really tricky. The human relationships were not the ones that I wanted to really be involved with intimately, long-term. I just knew I certainly didn't have the maturity or the skills to navigate it as a teenager. And I'm grateful that I went a different path. But as I got older and I came back to horses, I realized there's a reason people, you know, we joke like horse people are crazy and we get along better with the horses than we do with people. But I think that's why we are horse people, because this is our vehicle to do this work for ourselves as people. And the more we do this work, you realize the way I can actually connect this meaningfully to the people in my life. Mm. And it's a back and forth. You cannot ride the way you want to ride. You cannot be present with your horses the way you want to if you can't be that as a human fundamentally first. And so as you start to explore that work for yourself as an individual, your world changes because then you can take that energy and that's where, to me, it feels like the true confidence comes from. That now when you engage with everyone in your life, your family, your loved ones, the people most important to you, it changes that whole dynamic and you realize, no, I actually really love people. I really love and can connect with them in a way that I can with these amazing furry animals yeah and to me that's why we ride that's what the horses are here for it's not for our sheer enjoyment <laughs> i mean 
Obviously, we love it and enjoy it, but it's the connection to me that is the meaningful part. And what I love to be able to help people do is to connect the dots and say, oh, that's why writing feels so amazing. Yes, it's not just in your writing where you can feel that and experience it. You can have that level of connection in your life, and it does not need to be in the context of simply riding your horse. So when people can start to embrace that and understand that, the, your world opens. People start to really live again, find their meaning and their purpose as human. <laughs> the irony is that it comes from the horses for many, many of us. And I used to think, you know, that how strange, but there's so many different ways that we learn as people. I think it's a really amazing blessing to have because horses are just really incredible creatures. Absolutely. And there's a lot of horse therapists or therapies that you can go and a lot of that can be just hanging out with a horse and that is one of my favorite things and that's what I normally say to people you know if I had to tell you to do one thing just go sit with your horse or be with your horse and do nothing and just just be there and I love doing that but it's funny when you was talking about about you know you can have that with humans and I was thinking yeah but I wouldn't sit in a person's bedroom cross-legged <laughs> while they're snoozing because they might wake up and think what's up I'm so doing in my bedroom <laughs> I, I, I quite often do that I mean I've always been a one horse person you know that's what I've had and recently I've acquired another one to keep mine company and it's a, a wonderful dynamics and it's exactly what I asked the universe mm. that I needed and it had to work for both of them not just for my horse it had to be right for both of them and it's been more than I would have possibly imagined and that was all following my intuition following my guidance and trusting when nothing was in place there was nothing in place there was no money there was nothing in place right but yet it all happened so when she arrived, of course, I was thinking, you know, I hope it will be okay. But it was more than I could have imagined. If I wrote down what I wanted, there's things that I've been given that I wouldn't have even thought about. So when they go snooze, I'll go sit with them. You know, if I'm around, I'll sit. Yeah. And I quite often do that. And it's those moments that horses, we would do because it seems okay. Maybe we wouldn't do it with a human. But it's those moments when you just go in, you can hear them breathing and you can hear them sighing and then you do the same and you close your eyes and it's just lovely. And it doesn't matter what's going on outside. It doesn't have to be quiet. You know, middle of winter when it's blowing a hoonie outside, I can still do that. If there's people chattering, it doesn't matter. I'm aware of it, but I can just go back and focus on me. And it's lovely and that is my grounding, but that is yeah. my healing. And that is my enlightenment. That is my connection. But we can all do that, whether we have horses or not. But I think the horses give you permission not to look a wally and just go do it. Yeah. And I think that everything that gives you the experience, the entry point, the permission, whatever it is, is really, it's all fine. It's all perfectly good. It's as it should be. And whether you're doing that with your horse, you can bridge that and it wouldn't have to necessarily be with another person. That would be like a much higher level, perhaps, but you can start by just doing it by yourself, which I think a lot of people would never consider. Can I sit and just be with myself? You know, what will come up? And the reality is for each of us, 
there's a reason that we can't go there. And that's the work that needs to be done is to uncover the pieces that are keeping us from accessing those moments and even accessing some of the intuition that you are saying is none of the pieces are in place, but really that's life. And when you start to embrace the fact that you just take the step and then the pieces come, you don't wait till the pieces line up before you move. It just doesn't work that way. But a lot of us live that way. Yeah, because that's how we've been brought up. We have to see. If we don't see it, then it's not there. And there's just that enormous level of uncertainty. But I think that any time you can start to move that direction and it's an incredible amount of faith and trust and that ability to be open to that is what actually brings the energy in. And that's something that we have to do. You know, energy, it's a physical thing. It's physics. And when your energy matches the energy of what you want to create, then it comes. But if we're waiting with this passive energy that's blocking and expecting everything to line up, that isn't the energy of creation. So that's why people start to feel depressed. That's why people start to get stagnated and things don't happen in their lives. So a lot of the work I do, which is why I think so many people end up with issues with riding or competition because it's very much based in fear. And it's a very similar pattern to the fear that we might have to take a big step in our lives. So when you can start to actually address that at the root level, then people really transform their lives. It's fun to see, but it's also really when I look at it, it's like, well, that's why we're here. <laughs> that's the whole point of this crazy game. Absolutely. Okay, so give me an example. Does somebody come and see you in person or do they give you a call? You explain what happens when you have a client, a prospective client. Yeah. So basically what happens is people will go on my website. There's a place where people will book a call with me. And I have a little bit of an intake where I ask questions to pinpoint, like, what is the issue? Is this something that I feel like I can help them? And I have a conversation with them initially to see, is this something that one, the person is ready to address? Do I feel like I can help them with particular issue? But the timing is really important. The level of commitment and willingness to do the work, I think, is the main thing that I look for. Because some people come in with an idea that they want to ride better, but they're not really getting a sense of the deeper work. And for me, then they're not quite there. And there's more work to be done on their own. But when I talk to clients and say, hey, I heard something you said, this is what I want to achieve. And I can show them, well, here are some really clear reasons why you aren't actually creating that in your life. That's why this doesn't happen. Do you want to learn how to heal this? And that healing work is, it's not this simple quick fix, right? You begin, you open the door to the healing process. And so I do hypnosis with clients to help uncover some of the root issues that we can begin the process of healing. And then beyond that, that's actually an enormous shift that they feel. Most people feel so good after that hypnosis session. They really, truly feel like, okay, this is it. I'm healed. But what happens, the nature of our minds, just being a human, is that if you aren't actively engaging in creating a new pattern, the pattern will come back around. Your mind will add, it wants to go back to the old way. It's more comfortable with what you've been doing for years and years and years, and it will try to suck you back in. 
So if you're not actively working on installing new patterns of behavior, creating practices and living your life in a way that is leading you towards being the main energy driving your life forward, allowing the intuition, allowing your life's purpose and journey to unfold, you will end up back where you are. So I have courses that I basically created because I was saying a lot of the same things. What I was seeing was a very predictable pattern of behavior and concepts that would come up that people really needed to process and integrate over time. We were talking about this earlier. There's no substitute for the time. So I support these clients over time because what I want them to realize is that these transformations are real. They are sustainable. And it's a matter of going through enough repetitions of understanding this game that we're playing to have the confidence, to have the trust. And a bit like I was saying about my mentor, he didn't give me specific directives, but being in his presence made it very clear to me what the right energy felt like. So once people go through the process of finding that for themselves, you don't feel the need to rely on other people. You don't look for the answers outside. You start to trust and think, okay, this is all meant for me. There's nothing here that could possibly go wrong, regardless of how this plays out. I mean, I can say that intellectually, and I know for myself, there's still many, many levels of actually integrating that into my actual actions and being. But I do have a very strong belief that that is the case, that we are infinite. Our lives don't stop with this physical life. For myself, I know many people share that understanding. And the more I do this work with people, the more I hear their experiences, the more I believe that to be the truth. And in being able to let go of some of the beliefs, I think that constrain us, that actually they sound terrifying to consider talking about death, talking about the end of life, talking about the loss of loved ones and experiences, going through any tragedies. They sound like things you would never want to touch. But actually, it's like turning on the light in the closet. The thing that you thought was so scary, when you shine the light on it, you realize, well, this is actually not that bad. And in fact, it's quite liberating (laughs) to start to reconcile and make friends with this. Because then you can start to actually just have this level of curiosity about your life and seeing what unfolds. And so getting back to like what happens when I work with clients is I support my clients through the initial healing. I really feel like, and they have said this to me, that my gift is being able to hear them and say, this is the thing you need to look at. So when I can help them see it and identify it for themselves, then they can begin to work with it because the real healing has to be done by the individuals. I can only guide and direct them and support them. But I hope that over time, you know, I've worked with many people and seen this happen, that gives people the confidence to say, okay, let me do this. Let me try. And then really the biggest thing I do along the way is I can reflect for them where they are. I can really guide them and support them to say, keep going. This is it. And you're going to be fine. I think more than anything, now as I do this work, I work with people all over the world. I work remotely. The hypnosis is all virtual. But I do have clients that I work with locally. And 
We've done some really cool experiences where I want to show them that the things that we love to do are not isolated to our riding. So we have engaged in some of these really fun adventures because for me, I love it. I love to travel. I love to put myself in a different context and experience. I feel like it shakes things up and allows you to really see that, hey, I was really stuck in one way of seeing things, but there's so many other possibilities. And that shift in experience allows you to feel where you were versus where you are. So I'm really excited because I'm going to start doing more of these events with people because they're just fun. (laughs) They're really just fun places to bring people together, to experience different cultures, to do horse things, but also have the environment to have these conversations, to explore some of these concepts and do a little bit of work to open the door. And I think that when you change the context, you don't have such rigid definitions of what you should be doing or how things should be. And it helps you understand like, wait, this unknown taking the step into the I don't know what is actually pretty fun. It's actually a really comfortable place to be. When you're doing these, is it like a clinic? So would it be with the horse or would it be just with them? No. So they're going to be more with horses. So actually like multi-day experiences with horses is what I find to be the most powerful. And it's not so structured like a clinic. It's more about, you know, a bit like the environment that my teacher, Tom Tam, created. Just be in this experience. Be with a group of people that are really just experiencing, being present, watching, observing, living. And when you start to feel that shift, you realize, wait, why do I not have these elements in my life, in my day-to-day life? We were talking about that before, where Mm. it's not a compartmentalization of saying, I do this here. And then when I'm done this experience, I go back. You start to say, well, I'm going to bring these things with me. (laughs) I want to carry this over. And that's, I think, where a lot of the powerful shifts happen is that we start to feel the continuity of what we're doing. You don't check out energetically when it's not working because it's all working. (laughs) It's funny. I quite often laugh at myself or I can hear myself. So now, like I said to you, every second, I don't think, oh, what am I thinking now? What am I thinking now? What am I thinking now? But every second, every moment, everything I'm doing, I'm checking in. Okay, how do I feel? And then you start doing something sometimes and you can feel yourself going down the old pattern and you're having a conversation and then somebody might say something to you and normally you go, yeah, no, I understand that. Even if you think, well, actually, I don't agree with you, but I'm agreeing with you for that yeah. sake. Whereas now I listen and sometimes you fall into it, but I pull myself back and think, no, actually, that's not my belief. Just listen, but I don't add to it. We've all got stories, we've all got things that's happened to us in our life and some, you know, really not nice things at all that's happened to them. But even going back and looking at things, I don't even want to go there. And it's not, I don't want to go there. If it comes up, that's fine. But I don't want to keep going back and telling the same old scripts because actually that's not me anymore. This is me today. I might be somebody else tomorrow, but this is me today right this second. And I'm very much in that mode. And then maybe something big happens and you think, Oh, crikey, I shouldn't be feeling this way because that's not how people behave. You know, you should have compassion. You should have this feeling. And I do, but I don't linger that energy there. I don't pull myself into it. 
because it's happening, but it's not happening to me. And sometimes because it's not normal or what we're used to, you almost have to talk to yourself. And that's that's how I do it. So I'm working through this the whole time. I haven't yeah. got it right, but it's a better place than I would have been if I'd followed the old pattern. I don't want to go back. 100%. There. One of the things that I talk about with people is, hey, you're going to have to do work one way or the other. Why wouldn't you do the work that's leading you to a better future? Better place. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. not like anyone gets a pass and not doing something actually creates something better. No, it doesn't. <laughs> But I think what happens is people don't really know. They don't know. But what we were saying earlier is I actually think everyone knows. We just have to rediscover all of the stuff that's inside that guides us. When you take away the fluff, when you take away the things that we have created energetically to protect ourselves, then you become open. You receive the information in a much clearer way that you can actually act upon. And that's really at the core of what I help my clients do is understand like, hey, there's a reason that you can't connect in that way. And what you're describing to me is just that's the process of being human. It's a bit like we want that aha moment where it all just gets downloaded and it's instantly firing as it should be. But that's actually never the experience. The experience is always what you're describing of noticing and saying, hey, I think I should be doing this thing, but I'm clearly not doing this thing. But every time we come to that realization, we're shifting closer. Just like we were saying before, you just keep down the path. You walk, you understand and commit to saying, hey, I do want to do this a way that makes sense. So it's leading me towards a greater place. Let me create some patterns. Let me understand what do I need to do every day to help myself in a positive way. You put those into place, and that's a lot of what I teach my clients is how do we do these things? And then you'll just allow yourself, you have to give yourself the grace to realize, like, I am doing it. Just because it doesn't instantly feel amazing doesn't mean that you're not doing it. And I think that's one of the real benefits of working with a mentor, working with a coach, is to be able to trust, like, hey, it's not going to be perfect today, but. I am on the right path. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And if people don't know or are not aware that that's what can happen and they can change and they can do that or how it feels as well, because that can be quite scary. To be vulnerable can be a scary place depending on your life experiences. And it's just taking that first step. But the universal energy or whatever you want to call it will not expect you to jump from A to Z. The energy guides you and it will gently encourage you. And it's finding out about those little steps. And some of it's through experiences that happen to you that you don't want in your life. 100%. You yeah. know, it, it's like, well, actually, I don't want that anymore. I mean, my light bulb moment was I was going through a divorce. And when I got married to this person, he was a lovely guy at the time. And he taught me a lot. But I remember saying on my wedding day, I don't want to, I don't want to get married. But it was the morning or the night before. And my friend said, oh, it's just no, no, we live together, but I don't want to get married. I don't want to marry him. Anyway, married him. <laughs> and it was funny, but in the register office, 
He was so pleased that we'd got married, but his attention had totally left me. He was looking everywhere else. He wasn't looking at me as his, you know, his new bride. Nobody else saw that, but I saw that. Yeah. Or did I see that in another way? Because that stuck with me. And we had some good times, you know, but it didn't last. He was quite a possessive, jealous person. And I'm such a tactile person. I'll speak to anybody. I found myself just going really within and trying to keep the peace, but not to that point because I am a bit of a fighter. And in the end, we parted ways. But what he did to me was one of the best things. He went off with a friend. And that was the best thing in my life that happened because that pushed me Mm. to see that there's a pattern in my life and I know there's a pattern and I don't want to follow this pattern. Yep. And then it was almost like this euphoric head in the cloud and I was walking somewhere. And if there was angels playing harps, that's what it would have felt like because I thought, I've got it. I've got it. Yeah. So they're looking external and blaming others for things. I have to look at me because I attracted this for whatever reason. Yes. And that was years ago. I mean, yeah. years ago. So that was the moment. And the energy gave me the reward because it was so calm. It was so, I can't describe it. It was such a beautiful place. People would say, oh, you was with an angel. I was in my energy and it, it says, welcome home. 100%. Welcome home is such a good way of describing that. Because to me, what you're describing is alignment. So when you're energetically aligned, you had listened to your intuition, you're following your path and accepting that that was there for a reason. That is the feeling. That is that lightness of feeling, you know, the harps and angel feeling because... Um, That is when we are in that sweet spot of being energetically aligned. That's a super important part of what I help my clients discover because it never goes away. Your natural path, your energy, what was meant for you never gets changed by your experiences. But you can be so far off from alignment until you have something that literally, like you said, it's not anything you would ever ask for. There's no grasping. (laughs) So in some ways, the things you don't want are what actually bring you right back into alignment because you literally are not trying to hold on to the experience. And that is what allows you to realign to the energy that's right for you. And to me, it's a bit like following the crumbs from there. So once you realign and understand what that feels like for yourself, that's where you go. Like you said, it doesn't have to make sense. The pieces don't all have to line up. But you start using your intuition to guide you into these incredible experiences that become your life's journey. And for me, there is no other way. You know, otherwise, do we experience that or we kind of become stuck? And as you say, you start to get into that mindset or that mentality. You're a little bit disconnected. You're a shade off of responding to the experience, responding to people in that kind of automatic responsive, like this is the appropriate way to speak. I should be saying this to this person rather than really being engaged because when you're not living the life that you're meant to live, you're like, well, this is not very interesting. (laughs) I don't really want to have this conversation, but I guess I have to. But we don't. That's the thing that I want to shout from the rooftops is no, we should all actually really love and enjoy the vast majority of our life. And there is a way to actually have enormous gratitude for all of it. 
all of this stuff, the good, the bad, the things we want, the things we don't want. I mean, that's really the human experience that we are meant to have. And the horses, for many of us, open the door to starting to walk down that path. Yes. Yeah. And you can be whatever you like, you can be just you and it doesn't matter what you look like or how much money you earn, you know, they generally see what's in your heart and they have the biggest hearts and they just connect to you and allow you to to feel. I mean, it's documented, it's well known, you know, people that work with horses and prisoners or disability or anything like that, they connect you know, you get a big guy and he can break down in tears. It's like, I have no idea why I'm crying. And it's almost like there's something resonating and it's just connected. That's absolutely and allowing that flow to go through. It's allowing it, a door is opened. And just happen to be these magnificent, beautiful creatures. Yeah. And I mean, all animals have, as well as people, but we have walls, barriers, we have opinions, we have beliefs, we have what we think external people that rule our lives. We have things that we need to do, but that is that is not the whole thing. And that is just what we see, not what we feel. For anybody seeing my life, I'm in the same home that I've been in for years. <laughs> you know, it doesn't look to be a lot that's changed externally, but I am not the same person. And I would find it hard to voice myself. And if somebody was speaking to me and I thought they knew what they were talking about, I would just listen and agree. And I don't anymore. I listen and that's their view, but it's not mine. And it's not that I'm right and they're wrong. I'm where I am today and this feels such a better place and a true place for me than I was even six months ago. So I'm staying here. And you can follow positive thinking. So this is not about being spiritual or about being religious or about being English, African, Asian. This is about being a being Mm. with a life force that flows through every single thing, everything, Mm. through ourselves, through everything. And you connect into that. And as I'm talking about, I feel the power within that. And it's not power as I want to do something. It's power within my own destiny, my own life. And we all have that. We all have it. Mm -hmm. And we just need somebody to guide us, like yourself. I mean, Warwick's chatting. He's bringing so many people into the fold that probably wouldn't listen to. You know, horse people may not have listened to them. Then you get a a feeling that you want to learn more and you get a thirst and a hunger. You you can read books. I laughed at you when you said about Googling acupuncture. I can be using Google and it's it's the internet and we're doing this now, but I know if the energy wants me to find something or my energy wants me to see something, it will put it on Facebook. It knows that's what I'm looking at. It will put it on YouTube. It will use a platform that my vision, that my energy is focused on. Um, and that's where the information comes from. So it will find a way, it will find the quickest, easiest way to get to you, just like yeah. lightning does when it strikes. It's true. And I think that once you start to actually see that in action, then the game becomes, I want to be open and available to hear those messages. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. We've got some people watching, which is lovely. So Paddy Hensey says hello from Long, oh, Island. Long Island. 
So is that near you? It's not too far. It's a few hours, like maybe three and a half hours from me. Yeah. Okay. And we've got Jane Cammy, and she's from California. Nice. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you for your comments. That's really nice. It's lovely to have people listening to these. It's nice that people listen. Yes. If you wants to ask Sam a question, by the way, please feel free to do so. And then she can answer it. Then she will do. But we'll carry on talking while you think about that. Am I all right to share this with you that I sent you a message? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think it was a few days ago. I'd been seeing my horses and I was driving home and I got Sam in my head. So when I'm doing animal communication, it comes the same way. And I had some in my head and I thought, oh, okay. And I don't know what the words are and I don't know what the message is until <laughs> I start to record it. And this is what I'm saying about taking a leap of faith and trusting. So there's a feeling that I have to pass something on to you. And I don't know whether this means anything to you or it's relevant, but I do that. I pass that on. So I started to record a little message to Sam saying what I was picking up for her and that I hope this makes sense and if it doesn't that's absolutely fine but I have to pass this on so I passed the message on and what did you say back when you listened to it I just said oh I love it because (laughs) when I heard your message I thought oh okay it was a bit like I just said I want to hear the messages I would love to receive it in any way possible and so when you sent that to me it was clear to me okay Good. I have been asking a question. Is it time? Is this something that feels right to me to do to move forward in the work I do with my clients? Because I want my work to be fun. I love working with my clients. I love being in these adventures with people. And when you said that to me, what was right was, okay, just share where you are. You know, whatever is unfolding is meant to be. And the adventures unfolding in terms of these different equestrian global adventures retreats was really at the front of mind. And I thought, yeah, I should share that because I know the fun that my clients and I have had. And I know that people want to take these life experience, but also to have something come of it, like to feel like that, that moved the needle. So when you said that, I was like, yes, this is a good reminder that these are all meaningful things. And in some ways, a reminder to me as an individual, just share. Don't be so worried about the outcome. The outcome doesn't matter. You can talk about that. I think sometimes we have a reservation to actually put things out there for whatever reason. So having you send that was a really nice, like, it's you got this. Just do the thing. And I know that it's meaningful because... Those are the things in my life that have led me to the most amazing experiences. When people hear my life story, they're like, how did you do this? And then do that. None of it was scripted. It was very much following those types of messages. Mm. So when you sent that, I thought, oh, this is perfect. (laughs) Because I want more and more to talk to people about the things that are far outside of our senses that we think we understand and perceive let's be honest, if you like riding horses, there's a bit of you that loves magic. There's a bit of you that loves this, like, we're sitting on the back of a thousand plus pound animals, communicating to them through pressure on their body. I mean, if you don't think that's magic in and of itself, I don't know what you think it is, but I think it's not. You know, you were saying like in the conversations you have with people like, oh, you're supposed to say this or you're supposed to do that. It's not 
normal for adults to be like, oh, I love magic. I want the world to be magic. It actually is much more magical than conventional reality, the the normal world wants people to accept. But for me, life is too short. I want to embrace that. I want to appreciate. Now I run full steam towards it because if it's not fun and joyous, I know that for me, I'm not on the right path. Yeah. More and more, I'm trying to embrace that energy. I have young kids, so it really helps allow me to go there. (laughs) But for a long time, I wouldn't. Hmm. I wouldn't. And that was my energetic block. So they have helped me with my blocks, but also the universe helps us see. It will always, always answer us when we ask. Hmm. I mean, your message literally came the same day that I was asking questions. Yeah, it tends to work that way. And I don't have a problem talking to strangers. In fact, it's easier to talk to strangers than people, you know, sometimes. Not so much now, but there was a time because they don't know anything about you. And I used to have a bit of a mask on and we've all got to a certain point, but... I try and be more me. I get nervous and my friends call me scatty because when I'm talking normal stuff, I'm so forgetful. I don't have a photographic memory, but I can remember the essence and the feel of energy when I'm doing a communication. So if somebody contacts me, I remember the essence of that because it's in that form. But yeah, I wouldn't change. I would not go back. And I don't think you can actually. Once you learn something, you can't unlearn it. I don't think you can unlearn it. But I think for some people, it's a little bit terrifying, but it's not. It's not meant to be terrifying. It's it's part of the journey. Yeah. Our bodies and our minds are protecting us and they keep us safe, but it can also have its own little story. It keeps us there because what is it? The better the devil you know than the devil you don't sort of thing. Yes. And there's a lady called Jane Pike. Have you heard of Jane Pike? Yes. And how she describes, she talks about the body and the sympathetic, parasympathetic. And I find that fascinating too. But I also have a friend that does NLP. She does lots of different things. She's like you. She has a title, but she does lots of things. She happens to be an animal communicator and she's in touch with her own energy as well. And she used me as a guinea pig when I had a thing of not getting on my horse and I always knew it was nothing to do with horses the block was nothing to do with horses but that's how it manifested and that was to keep me safe Mm. there was more to it than that it was from parents as well because you take on their energy yeah so when we finally got over that and I went out to put my bareback pad on my horse and she'd come up I'd do a bit of clicker play with her she'd come up and I put the pad on normally my legs would have been like jelly and there was no energy I just couldn't do it but my brain was thinking well I should be feeling nervous by now so you're having this conversation I'm like but I'm not butterflies are no boulders I can do this I did get on my horse and that was like, oh, this is beautiful. This is just sitting on my horse. It's, it's like winning the lottery. It's yeah. so lovely. Yeah. And the next thing was to progress to take some steps forward. I was doing this for a few days. and I think it was maybe a week later. I was thinking, oh, I don't think I could do this. Oh, just take the bare back pad out and go sit on your horse. So I went out, sat on my horse. And then it was like, should we take a few steps? And her little ears were like, so we walked but yet just before then the old pattern was yes no you you can't do that but if I listen to that and not follow through 
that might have been where it would have set back a bit. Yeah. And when people get things that are inspiring and feel like, oh, I want to do this, there's still a gap for many people. Well, then how? How do I actually execute this? And for me, that's a lot of the work that I do is let me show you how. Let me show you how to identify what's the true thinking, what's the reality of the situation versus your pattern, your fear, the other things speaking. Because in order for you to make the right choice, you have to be able to hear, but you also have to be able to perceive clearly. And that in the moment can be really hard for people to discern. But once you understand how are you going to discern fear from reality, fear from what's happening, then you can actually make the choice. And like you're describing perfectly, that is the experience of it. People want it to be like this, oh, it just goes away. No, sometimes the voice is in there trying its best to convince you, but what you feel in your body is saying, no, that's not actually a problem. <laughs> and then you can start to allow yourself to go through the process of reintegrating what is your reality. But the cool part is that we get to actually decide what our reality is. And so many people don't know that. Well, I think that the truth is that we, like you were saying, the the beliefs or the, oh, I don't think I should do that today. I don't think I can do this. Just that is enough to paralyze people from taking action. But if you have the courage to say, well, let me see what happens when I do this, is that actually the truth of the situation? You step through this invisible threshold and realize that, oh, this is actually not anything. The worst thing was being stuck in the fear. So once you become friends with that and understand how to walk through that threshold, you start to realize, well, I'm going to walk through the threshold and I'm going to get myself out of that place prior to doing the scary thing that is actually the worst part of it. Yeah. And when you start to embrace that, then you get to pick the path. You get to decide what is going to be your reality by taking those steps, by taking action, rather than waiting for something to change. Things will spontaneously come to us. The world, the universe gives you what is meant for you, but it's not a passive receiving on the couch waiting for things to happen. You actually have to move. And in the movement of your energy, the things arrive. So once you can start to reconcile that sense of uncertainty or fear, then you can actually take action. And to me, any action is better than being passive. So taking any step, it might not be the right one. It doesn't matter. You course correct. You balance check. You do whatever you have to to find that spot. Like balance doesn't come from being static. You have to move. And once people start to embrace that, then everything changes because you overcome many, many fears, many, many reservations that you might have. So your future, your life becomes yours to design. And I know that sounds a little bit counter to what I was saying about like your path, your journey, your destiny is kind of established. You're just following it. But it, you can't even find the alignment that you're talking about if you're not willing to just start to find that destiny, that path. Hmm. I suppose if people believe that they have a purpose and they have something that they're here to do, that's great. But you can change the scenery. So it can be this view 
and do the same thing. Or it can be this view and choose a view that feels comfortable and you enjoy and that makes you feel that you're part of it. You're not just going through the motions. Well, certainly the like the actual being engaged and being a part of it, but it isn't even from changing the scenery. It's more from being in a different energetic state internally from the mindset that allows you to, you could be in a terrible situation on the exterior, but when you find that alignment, those tragedies or those terrible experiences are not crushing. They're intense. There's an energy to them. There's emotion to it. But it will not paralyze you as a person, rendering you helpless. It usually actually energizes, it it inspires, and it makes you feel more whole, which at the end of the day is what most people want. Yes. We don't really care what the context is. We all want to feel whole. We all want to feel connected. We all want to feel we have some ownership and power. What people misinterpreted, misconstrue is that it must come in a certain form. It's only going to feel that way when it's positive, but that is not true. It's the alignment that brings us that sensation. So finding the alignment is much more important than crafting the exterior. Yeah. Yeah. And when I say that your life is yours to create, that's where the fulfillment of that comes. Is this not in let me create my destiny because this is my path. Your path is your path, but your ability to kind of flow with it, that is yours to create. Hmm. And that's where people can find the freedom. And I know that as I say this, for some people, it sounds right, but then the next step is going to be, well, how do I do that? (laughs) And that is the journey. That is the work. It's something that we can all do, but for myself and for the clients, It's a really fun journey for me to be able to reflect to them. It's just like having a great trainer on the ground that you ride with. You could figure a lot of that stuff out, but you're going to do it a lot faster with a lot less struggle and hardship with someone is saying, hey, this piece, do this. (laughs) Yeah. So when I was talking about the view, I didn't mean change the actual place. That's what I was trying to articulate, but you did it far better than me. (laughs) It comes from here. So you can yeah. see the same thing, right? You see it that way, or you see it from here, which is slightly different. It has a different feel to it. Yeah. So, have you got anything coming up that you'd like to chat about? Is there anything in the pipeline apart from obviously getting everybody together to do these adventures? So, the adventures are on the docket in the next year. I think finally people are comfortable to travel and get together. So, those are going to be coming up. And I'm definitely going to be sharing more about that on my website and also through social media on the different channels. But I also have so many people that are interested in doing this work with me. And I wanted to create something that was much more accessible for people. I think that because of what I do is it is deeper than just a writing issue. I wanted to create something that made a very easy step into saying, well, let me just get a taste. Let me see, is this something that really makes sense to me and fits for me? So. I am actually creating a little mini course that can help people kind of take the first steps to experience a little bit of what I'm talking about to see like, okay, is this something that I pursue further either with Dr. Sam or by myself? And so I'm really excited. That's coming very soon. It's pretty close to being made and I will certainly be sharing that when that becomes available. 
So will, will that be online? Yep. So it will all be something that people can access and work through on their own time. Hmm. Yeah. Which is brilliant. And then people have a bit more understanding of where you're coming from. Yeah. They don't have to be horse related. They don't have to have horses. This is on a personal as well. Yeah. Now you wouldn't have to be a rider to experience this, mm -hmm. but this course is really going to be geared around. A lot of the concepts that I talk about just make so much more sense when I can talk about the parallels in the riding. So yeah. this course actually is very specific for riders. Okay. But as we were saying before, that's the entry point, but it goes beyond, it goes far beyond. So, yeah. Absolutely. We haven't got any more questions at the minute, so I'm just going to give you guys a chance again. If you want to ask Sam any questions or myself, just send us a quick message. We've been on in about an hour and 20 and I'm conscious it's your daytime and you're a very busy lady. Is there anything you'd like to add? I think the main thing that I would add and share for anyone listening is that if there is something that resonates that that is really important to trust. That initial, like, wait a minute, it's a little bit like what I kind of consider almost like hearing a little scratch on the record where you're just traveling along, all of a sudden you get this eye-opening, huh, that feels different, to follow those little nudges. So whether it's in something I said in pursuing the mini course or trying to explore some of the things with Warwick or any of these pieces that it's really important to trust that nudge. That will lead you to something meaningful. And I understand that it's hard to do without the help, which is why I do what I do. But if you can overcome some of those reservations or things that might be telling you, no, you know, that's not it. I think it's more important to question that and pursue it. Because if you're looking for a change, those are the places that the change comes from. It's never going to feel seamless at the beginning. There's always going to be friction, but that friction is what's guiding you to your freedom. That's perfect. That's perfect, Sam. And it's an ongoing thing. I think you touched on it earlier where you said you have all this knowledge and your belief is so strong that you know it's so much more than what you can sort of say at the moment. But on the human part, you're having yeah. to work with that. Yeah. And that's how I feel. That, and a lot of people feel that you know something, but you're not sure how to get there. Or you're working through it, but each bit more of information makes it clearer. I describe it sometimes to myself, not to people, that I was talking about a lady that I've been listening to you earlier. And Lots of people say a similar thing, but somebody else might have one more ingredient or one more tweak on that. You think, okay, I was always doing that. So now that makes sense why that doesn't yeah. i.e. positive thinking. You can be as positive as you like, but if you're not feeling the feeling that you need to feel that goes with that, it's yep. just positive thinking. It's lovely, but it's positive thinking. It's like making a cake. If you miss some of the ingredients, you might have a cake but it won't taste that sweet taste when you have that extra ingredient. And that's what it's about. It's, it's about listening, feeling what comes along, synchronicities, conversations with a stranger. It doesn't have to be related to whatever you're thinking about, but there might be something, and it can be just their energy that they're carrying that's vibrating, and it's a key to your vibration, yeah. and something changes or something moves. 
something moves through your body and you don't have to know what it is. And it's lovely because you play around with it. And yeah, it's just such a magical thing being you or getting to know who you are. And it's not what you thought you were. And as I'm saying that, I can feel my heart welling up because it's almost like my heart is in appreciation, which sounds very cliche and a bit wishy-washy, but it's an appreciation of what I am saying because that's what it's about. It's about learning to like who you are, to love who you are, because that is you. And just to start somewhere, yeah. start somewhere, however small. Yeah. And that's the first step that you have to take. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Somebody's on, I think they must be on the Facebook group. I don't know who it is. Um, Howdy from Wyoming just got on i don't know who this is i haven't got a name with facebook i know if you're coming through the closed groups you have to give permission to show your face but thank you for stopping on by if yeah if you can let us know who you are be lovely yeah so it's it's about having fun and not being afraid to be vulnerable not being afraid to be seen that's a hard thing if you've been somebody that people have laughed at you or demoralize you or you feel that about yourself that's a hard place because it's that fear but you don't have to do the leap you just take a small bit and if you feel that that feels better that's what you're looking for and you're working with that yeah just that small step right i think we're going to call it a night call it a day where you are it's been so lovely chatting with you sam thank you so much for agreeing even with all the interruptions it doesn't matter i don't care about that the people that need to see you and hear about you it will get to where it's supposed to go and hopefully a lot more people that don't realize that they need to see you and hear you (laughs) so if you'd like to say oh it's me chris I'm trying to think. Who do I know? Is it Christine Johnson from Wyoming? Maybe it's Christine. I stayed at Cheyenne. It was 2018. I went out to the States and I went to Cheyenne. It's an Airbnb. And that might be Chris, actually. That was a synchronicity. Can I just share this story? Have you got time? Yeah. I'll share this funny story. So I was going out to the States and it was this urge to go to the States, but that happened through meeting somebody else. It was somebody that came over to help me with my horse, a lovely guy called Michael Fell. And he came over to the UK and he was wanting to work with horses. He worked on ranches in the States and he had an affinity with horses. And somebody met him and says, oh, you should come over to the UK. I could get you some work. And uh, I was desperate to get on my horse because I needed to get a saddle for her. But they wouldn't do a saddle fitting without me getting on my horse, obviously. So basically, I sent this really long message going, please help me, please help me. And he says, don't you worry and don't beat yourself up. You know, we will sort you out, but don't worry about it. And I was like, oh, that's so nice. And when he came to the UK and I met him, he had such a lovely, lovely energy about him. I mean, he came with his steps and he, and he had this amazing American accent. And, you know, I wasn't in that place to look at him thinking, oh, he's nice. I was just thinking, I need to get on my horse. I need to get on my horse. <laughs> and all the other girls at, at where I was all came to watch. And I was going, he came to watch. I went, yeah. <laughs> so, so they was watching. It was so funny. But the horses knew that he had a genuine heart Mm. so he says I don't know everything but I have a desire to help and he did and he lived in the states but through him I had this this desire to go visit and I thought it'd be really nice if I go visit him 
and that sort of subsided. It wasn't possible. But somebody said to me, if you can't go and see this person that you're wanting to see, do you still want to go? And it was like, yeah, because actually I want to go for me. And as soon as I said that, the doorways opened. Yep. I was going for me. Not because of somebody else. I was going for me. And I got there. And again, same thing. I literally went by the skin of my teeth. I had a flight. I had accommodation. But everything else had to fall into place. Money, car hire. And Chris was a lady that I'd booked Airbnb with. But I didn't get there till three o'clock in the morning. And I remember her saying, do you still want to come? Because I was in Denver. She says, you know, it's a long journey. You come in on the Greyhound, it's late. And I says, no, no, I, I want to come. I'd booked all these accommodation, but a car hire fell through. So I had to find another way of getting there. So I got there about three o'clock in the morning. And she says, your room will be at the end of the corridor and there'll be a Buddha outside. <laughs> so I said, oh, okay. So she left me the key code and I got in and it was pitch black and I was so tired. I'd been in like 24 hours and I saw this big Buddha outside this room and I opened the door and it was a bathroom and I thought, well, that can't be my room. So I went down the corridor, bearing in mind I was thinking, I hope I don't go into their bedroom because <laughs> I don't know where they are. And I found a bedroom at the end and it was a big bedroom, double bed. And I thought, this is my room. And I got into bed. And the next morning, when I turned my phone on, there was this little message from Chris saying, hi, where are you? (laughs) I'm in bed. She says, which bedroom are you in? Well, I'm in the one down the hall. And she says, that's the wrong room. (laughs) And I've gone to the wrong room. And when I came out, obviously, she said, if you'd open the bathroom door, it joins your room. In the UK, we don't always have those things. So I'd gone into the wrong room and it was so funny, bless her. But we just hit it off and we just became friends and her and her husband. But that was synchronicities. You know, it was meant to happen. Yeah. And there was lots of blunders and things on the way. (laughs) It all happened. It happened. I got to where I was supposed to go. I went to stay with another lovely lady called Rachel, who we'd never met never met her and it was a friend of a friend in the UK and he said oh you should go stay with them so I messaged her and explained what I was doing she says no you can come and stay with us and I said but you don't know me she says it it doesn't matter you can come and stay and she took me for a three-hour ride oh one of horses and I'd only just got back on my horse so I'd gone from that to doing this out in the middle of nowhere riding this horse and it was like wow universe what have you given me yeah sorry i wanted to just share that with you (laughs) that's the best that is that is how it is (gasps) so that's who chris is Uh, (laughs) oh right i'm gonna have to let you go now i can talk for hours i'm gonna let sam say goodbye and can you just hang on and i'll chat to you afterwards so i'll just pop you out so if you want to say bye Thank you, everyone that's listened. And thank you so much, Ronnie. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. I could talk forever. You can see how Warwick and I are, how that podcast just went on and on. We literally had to say, we got to stop this because we could just talk (laughs) for hours. So thank you. I am really honored to have the pleasure of speaking with you to all of your listeners. And hopefully, as you said, the messages get to the ones who need to hear it. Absolutely. I'll pop you out and I'll chat with you in a second. Okay. That was lovely. She's such a lovely lady and so interesting. 
and definitely just scratch the surface with that one. So I'd like to have Sam back again if she's up for that. I can see she's nodding. So she says, yeah. Thank you, everybody, for stopping on by. Thank you for your comments. And Chris, thank you. I hope that I get to see you soon. Yeah, it's been a fun evening. So Sam's details will be at the end of this video anyway. It's on my Facebook page and also YouTube page. So you can contact her directly and find out any further information about her courses and what she does. Um, I hope you enjoyed this. It means a lot to myself and my guests because we truly want to share knowledge, information. It doesn't mean that we're right or we're wrong. It's just sharing. And that's what life's about. It's about sharing and hopefully empowering you to feel a little bit better about yourself, knowing that you can change your life. And it's not always the external, you know, people look and I'm the same person, but I'm not. I am so not. So have a lovely evening, lovely afternoon, wherever you are in the world. Take care and I shall speak to you soon. Thank you. Bye. You've been listening to Ronnie King at Equine Voices. Thank you for listening and speak to you soon.